Welcome. This is Jessica Ortner, and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hey friends, welcome to this new show. It's been a while. I hope that you're doing well. If you're listening to this as it first comes out, we are in the middle of a pandemic, many of us working from home without childcare, and life feels very different. I recorded this interview before all of this started, but it's incredible how timing works because this conversation feels so relevant right now. I had the pleasure to sit down with a dear friend of mine, Mike Watts. He He's a lot of things. He is a seven-figure business coach. He is a seven-figure business owner. um, And he really helps people take their business to the next level and not only try to improve their business, but also do it in a way that improves their life. He has gone through an amazing personal journey that we're going to talk about here When Mike was faced with health challenges, it really forced him to pause and to begin to take a close look at his life. You know, from the outside, things look perfect, but this health challenge invited him to look closer at the beliefs and the patterns that were holding him back. For many of us, it's a health crisis or it's being stuck at home during a pandemic. We often have moments in our lives where we feel like we've been knocked back But sometimes being knocked back is simply a way to come back to ourselves, an opportunity to look closer at the patterns and the beliefs that we have and decide to do things differently. It's a candid conversation with a friend, but I think you're really going to enjoy hearing his honesty and just this conversation that really should never end, the constant conversation of, am I being true to myself? So I hope that you enjoy it. And I'd want to mention quickly that right now, the Tapping Solution app has a lot of incredible resources that are free that are particularly focused on the stress and anxiety around COVID-19. So if you're having a tough time, make sure to download the app and take advantage of those free resources. If you are a teacher, a mental health provider, a healthcare worker, if you are serving others, reach out. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but reach out to us because we're providing free memberships to unlock the whole library as a way to say thank you. So there you go, guys, sending you so much love during these uncertain times. We got this. Enjoy the interview. Sometimes life can knock us down to wake us up. It stops us in our track so we can take a step back and reevaluate where we are heading. This is the focus today, and I'm so thrilled to have my friend Mike with me. Mike, welcome. Thanks for, I felt like I was at story time with Jessica Orton. That was amazing. (laughs) Well, your story is amazing. I mean, you're this seven-figure entrepreneur. You're a dad. You've built a life where you can do what you love and you work from home. And you're also obviously a man who has had a really great journey and a lot of self-reflection, which some might argue is not so common 
for your sex. Not saying that men aren't like that, but the reality is, you know, 80% of self-help books are bought by women. I think that's something that, that you told me. So as we- I start- don't quote me on that. That's okay, what I all right. somebody else. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows the exact percentage? But what, I'm, what I'd love to start with is just hearing a bit about your journey. And if, was there a moment when it came to business that you decided you wanted to do things differently? You wanted to take a different path than the one that was set in front of you? Well, that's a complicated, complicated question. There, yeah, Jess. because there's probably different moments of... Yeah. So, no. I mean, if I start back to like when I started, like when I really started my company and took it seriously, I was following this mentor at the time. His name was Jonathan Budd. He lives in San Diego. Um, and him and I chat periodically, but uh, he started making more money when he started taking yoga. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And then he started <laughs> meditating and he started reading this book by Anushanti. And he was like, I started doing this practice and I started making more money, more money. And I was like, great, I can do that too. So I just started doing these things really to bring money into my life. And it was, this was in 2009, cause I was, I lost my job at my corporate company. And then I started going out on my own and started building my own company. And so I just started following the guidance of someone else. Now, of course, that's evolved over the last what, 11 years, that's gone from, and then working with mentors who are very from the military. So it was very, um, that type of energy where it's in your face, it's closing leads, it's making calls until Friday, Friday night at, you know, 9 PM. It's, you know, it's doing the hustle. And then I started traveling with my wife and then we started doing business together and her reality of doing business is much different than the, the, the military type mentality, right? It's much more feeling. It's like, this doesn't feel good. It's much more in her body. Um, and so that's kind of what my trajectory has been about over the last 11 years, like and where it is. And I, we're at a place now where it's for me to really learn about being in our bodies, you know, yeah. and me being in my body, which is a weird thing to say. But I mean, you said it too, with guys talking about these things. Um, yeah, I think we just have to give men some space for it, for this exploration. Well, so let's talk about what that looks like. You meet your, you meet Kate, which becomes your future wife. She begins to introduce you to looking at business a little differently. You were already on your own path. So you brought a lot to that conversation as well. But as you're reflecting on all of this and suddenly taking this different approach of looking within time for self-reflection, getting into the body, what was the part of you that felt resistant? Was there a part of you that was like, this feels uncomfortable or this is why it feels difficult for people who grew up the way that I grew up? Yeah, I mean, I'm still resistant to it to this day. You know, like yeah. this isn't natural. Like this is something I've had to learn it really comes down to asking for help, you know? So there's not, I can't say like, I feel it in my gut or I feel it in my right arm or I feel it like in my left pinky finger, you know, it's like everybody I think is the way that the people that I've heard is like, they experience it differently, you know, talk about this. But for me, it's, 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 there's a lot of resistance that comes up to it because I lived my life one way for a long time. Like I'm 37 at the time of this recording and just now in the last two months, something has 
and I'll, I'm happy to talk about this if, if we want to go that route, but like something has come to the surface for me to recognize and really change. It's how I've lived my life up to this point, which there's a lot of benefit to it, but it's not how I want to live it moving forward anymore. And it's kind of new in this exploration and it's freaking hard. Like it's challenging to reflect on who I am in this moment and then just say, um, well, you got to do shit differently. It's hard on myself. It's hard on our, I would say on, um, you know, just like our, my relationship with my wife, you know, from that standpoint, cause we're, we're navigating these waters together. We're very open about these things. We talk a lot about what's going on. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not like I'm hiding by myself and I feel like that's the place, but it's taken this time for Kate and I to get to a place where we can actually communicate about these things and not shut down. Right. So mm-hmm. it allows me to feel safe in what I'm um, explaining and going through. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot, there's still resistance that comes up today. I've always loved your honesty and also your evolution, which it's important to talk about that because it's not like we have moments in our lives where there's like suddenly a before and the after and the after is always the same. We finally arrive someplace and we get there and we never have these self doubts. Anytime that we have a period in our life where we need to grow, there is that moment of things being really uncomfortable because part of growth is change and change feels threatening to the mind. It feels easier to do what we've always done, which, which is the reason that people stay where they are. It feels sometimes safer and more comfortable to stay where you are, even when you're suffering mm-hmm. compared to doing something that feel so unknown. So when you're in that moment, when you're beginning to decide, oh, you know what, I'm getting that this idea that something needs to change, that I'm living a certain way that doesn't honor my soul, or I've been falling into patterns that aren't for my greater good. You get to that place and you know you have to sit in that uncomfortable feeling. You also know that you're just admitting the situation, which I think it itself takes a tremendous amount of courage. I feel like those are the moments that a lot of people hide from or feel like they're not allowed to have. They they feel shame about having those thoughts. What do you say to yourself or how do you approach it where you're allowed to be vulnerable? You're allowed to question things without piling on the shame and the thought that you shouldn't have to go through this process. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, then how do you sit with it? Do, Do you feel sometimes moments of of kind of maybe shame's not the word for you but what's there yeah yeah I feel like the more I can talk about it with I'll just take my wife for example because she's you know she's the one I talk to every single day right so the more I can chat with her about it or whether that's seeking a therapist or whether that's somebody outside of just our immediate family here is the better that it does get, but that doesn't stop the negative self-talk, mm-hmm. right? Like I can share something with her, but what goes, let's say, even right now, like there's an element of feeling floundering in my life, right? So, mm-hmm. and by that, I mean, Kate and I have built this great company over the past couple of years, but I can tell our business relationship, the way that it has been is coming to an end, right? And I know it's coming to an end, 
But to talk with her about that, to be like, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? Because I'm driven from service, right? I'm driven to provide or to show up and deliver and to do things for people. And that has been my gut instinct. That's very easy for me to do. Like I am not the person to just sit around and let, you know, watch five people complete a task and I just sit there. Like that's not me as my nature. And so that has been a good thing and it's really been somewhat of a a negative thing, right? And so for that to express, there's been downsides to it, I should say it's not negative, but it's for me to express kind of to sit here and watch her grow into the business owner and kind of the CEO of her own company, for me to witness that to take place and for me to step back it doesn't like all that talk still goes on. It's just for her and I have been in much more, we're in more communication through it and why I don't like to sit there because I know it, it's almost like I've become addicted to development in a way. It sounds kind of strange, but it's like me growing has become an addiction. In, like in the, the self-help aspect. The self-help to continue to see how much better I can get. Right. Right. Like, so like, how could I perform better or what could I do? What does that open? What kind of doors that does that, does that open? Now, that's, that's a positive thing and a negative thing in that as well. Because I don't, it's like, even when I started examples, like when I started CrossFit, started doing workouts, immediately the first month I started, I was like, I'm going to complete at the CrossFit games. Like I'm going there. Like that's where I'm going to go do, right? And because that's, that's what you do. You start CrossFit and go to the games. It's not about... Oh, let's enjoy this. This is fun. My body's moving. I can't bend in certain ways. I can't squat the way that my kids can squat, right? It's like, let's work on my mobility. Nope, I'm going to go from zero to 150 because that's where we go. So for me, it's taking a step back and really looking at like this journey to get to the 150 and appreciating that to be like, oh, I'm probably never going to get to the 150 because first of all, I don't want to work that hard. But when I say that, it's like there's shame into that. Oh, why don't I want to work that hard? Why like it, like it's all or nothing. Like if you're not the exactly. best of something, yeah. then there's always a reason to not feel good about it. That's correct. Because so the, there's that, a lot of mentality around like, you got to give your all, you got to give your 120%, which doesn't make any freaking sense. But like, you got to you got to go, you got to push, you got to compete, yeah. you got to take it, right? But see, I feel what's happening here, and I might be wrong, but as someone who's your friend and who kind of can step back and look in, what I see playing out are these is a cultural narrative. So you're playing this cultural narrative of it has to be all or nothing. And it's easy to get caught up in. I've played it too. But to give you more credit than you give yourself, I feel like as your friend, we often have conversations about business and this often comes up where we don't want to be successful to prove something. We want to create a life that, that matters and that feels good, not just from the outside looking in, but living it daily. There's one thing to say that and then there's another thing to live it. The hard and, part yeah. for me has been to live it. Right, you know, but I like, think a lot of people aren't even having conversation though. Just the no, fact that we're having clearly. this conversation, we have this awareness, I think we're further along. I get caught yes. up in it, but I catch myself. Right, I mean, look at the place where we are currently at the world, right? So it's like just like you take 2020 right now where we are in global you know, capitalism, the world, like there's so much addiction to more and more and more mentality. 
And for me, like that was a trajectory of getting, and if I don't get the more, then it's like, oh, I'm failing. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not there. Right. And so it's, it's me changing that story for myself on this journey of how I go about. It's, it's like really enjoying the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And when we get caught up in that negative story and we play into those patterns, oftentimes when we're not able to stop it, our body stops it. It's like when we're not yes. able to say no, our body says no. Right. So, Which is, that's a big learning I've gone through. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that because you went through uh, an incredible health journey. Yeah. So in 20, um, it was kind of the end of, it was September of 2017 is the first time I noticed I had this like skin rash that took place all over my face. And then it low, it moved into 2018. And then my second daughter was born April of 2018. And then by October of 2018, my entire body shut down and it looked like it's also called TSW, which is topical steroid withdrawal is a, is one cause of this as well. But to me, it was, it was a gigantic life transformation experience and my entire body shut down. Um, I was stuck in a chair for seven to eight days, uh, did, did pretty much did nothing else. I, my entire, I can send you pictures for your show notes if you put them there, if you would like them for yeah. the listeners, but it's like, think about your worst sunburn you've ever had and multiply it by a hundred because on your face, on my face, my entire body, almost 95% of my body was covered in this experience. And this was in October of 2018 that went on. So it was about a two year journey that I've gone through. And from September of 2017 to pretty much October, November, December of 2019. And my body shut down, like it stopped working. And it was, it was, I was, it looked like a snake that was shedding its skin. And that's what I went through from my, my body experience. And I had to learn to ask for help. I had to learn how to kind of redo everything and learn how to feel. And one of the biggest things that went down is one day I was learning every day I would try to do something else, like walk a little bit farther outside, uh, even just empty the dishwasher or put dishes in the dishwasher, because I really would just became a human around our house with two young kids and my wife in a business. And I wasn't able to do much like from what my identity was attached to about the doing piece. I wasn't able to do anything. And besides be like, I could just sit there. Um, And I spent a lot of time in bed, just reading books. And every night I would go to bed. I'm like, okay, great. I did a little bit more of this and maybe I can do a little bit more. And Kate looked at me and says, well, instead of thinking about how much you can do like accomplish, why don't you think about how you feel at the end of the day? And I was like, oh, wow, that's mind blowing. So I was like, huh. And even today, like that's not normal for me, right? It's not. I don't think it's normal for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, no one whose parents said to them, how do you feel at the end of the day? Even though your feelings basically make up your life. It's yeah, that's good. I don't know. We could take a poll of the listeners. See, you know, it's like, (laughs) like, yeah, I, I it is. It's actually, it's a really, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting perspective. So all of a sudden you're faced with looking at your life differently when before your value was completely put on how much you accomplished and how far along you felt in life all of a sudden your body is completely stopping you if you can do anything it's something small like emptying the dishwasher so i'm sure that that made a big dent in your 
self-esteem at first, as you looked at the way that you look at yourself and your own value? hundred percent. So as you're there and you're going through this, how do you, was there a moment when you felt like, okay, I can start looking at this differently. Like, was there a moment where you felt like there was a shift when it came to, okay, I'm going to value how I feel and not what I do? No, I think that was probably the moment with my, besides the one I just shared with Kate, there was a moment where I had to take myself. This was before the moment with Kate. Um, that was the moment with Kate was like, oh, how I feel about this instead of how much that I was do. like a that was a big yeah. tr- that was big. But change. that was probably in like uh, I want to say December of 2018 or or early 2019. But there was a moment where I was at Kate's mom's house. Um, she was gone for like two weeks. And I was over there by myself during this eight day period where I couldn't move. And during this entire time, my skin was going on. I, we spent a lot of money basically doing blood work, getting tests to see if there was something wrong with me. I was going to see like dermatologists. I was, I was on, they gave me more steroids to take. So I was taking those. Like there was all these things happening. And even when I took the steroids, like I would, I waited five days before I took them because I wanted to check in with, I was like, do, is this the right thing to do? And like my body was like, no, but my mind was like, yeah, because I'm in so much pain. I just want this to all end, right? But there was a time where I was at Kate's mom's house and it was about day five of, or day four, day five of my eight days staying there. And I was, I came downstairs, I was lifting And up. sorry, side note, you're staying there because it's a, you needed to take a break from the kids, like being yeah, home. Yeah, good, good question. Uh, I was more in the way at our house than, I was just in the way. Like, because we had two kids there, I was in the living room and the kids were asking me for things. I just wasn't helpful. So the biggest, so Kate and I decided to just separate, be like, you go over here for a while, take care of yourself and we'll stay here. And Kate will just do, take care of the kids, et cetera. So it was a decision we made to just get out. And also there was like resentment coming up from her, but that's not, that's for her story to tell. Like, there was just things happening in our dynamic too. Cause it was as soon as our second child hit or was born hit <laughs> as soon as our second child was born, it's like, that's when I started getting sick. So there's this, there's this dynamic that happens in our marriage that kind of played out in this place. So she, with, she was postpartum, had a crazy, you know, ex- birth experience and then everything that was happening from there. So we, we chose the best thing to do is like go away for a few days, see if you can heal up, spend time by yourself, and then take care of yourself and come back. Yep. And so I'm at Kate's mom's house because was, that was a free place to go for a week, right? And I was just there crying at the kitchen table. And I just said, universe, God, whoever, I cannot do this anymore. I need help. You know, and then I felt a cool wave of energy enter the top of my left side of my head and and went all the way down my left side of my body. And it was that moment where I like took myself seriously that says like, I have to fix this. Like it's my, not me fix it personally, but it's like, I have to look inward to take care of this responsibility to heal myself. This is not, this isn't anybody else's responsibility. This is no doctor's going to help me. No metaphysical genius is going to help me. There's no book that's going to help me, right? They're all tools that can guide me on this process, but I have to be responsible for myself. 
And then from that moment is kind of where it leads up to, then I had that conversation with Kate about instead of doing, feeling, and then it leads, in, it leads into kind of everything that's happening now. So over the right. last year. So then how did you move through that? You have these two big moments, these two big aha moments. What was the healing like? Was it, did things turn around rather quickly? Was it a very slow healing process? Like when you look at everything you learned and taking personal responsibility, what do you think created the biggest shift in your actual health? Um, or what did that shift look like? What did getting better look like for you? Yeah, it was, it, it, I looked at every aspect of my entire life. I changed in that moment. I changed what I was eating. I started reading all these different books about health and how to take myself seriously with it. I watched our friend Dr. Kelly Turner's. Uh, you know, I read her book Radical Remission. I, I watched her documentary that she did, or the watch the documentary she was in called Heal. Uh, you know, I just I went through her whole process about how people, you know, um, overcame their cancer. I started going down this journey. I watched this documentary Ram Dass, I guess he, he, when he had a stroke and just started seeing his take on it. And I started looking at how I was interacting with my kids differently, friends showing up, um, how I was as a husband, how I was as a son. I literally looked at every ass, how I approached workouts, the way I would go to the gym and what was my mentality working out? What was my mentality when it came to business? Um, I looked at all of it and it was, it's still happening to this day. So it's the process from when I had that moment in the chair from crying was in October. It was right at the end of October, like October 28th of 2018. My skin was pretty much cleared up by a year later. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Kate's book came out in April of 2019 is when Do Less launched. And I, and then she went on book tour for a while. So I had to be basically physically back into getting my stuff in check because she was traveling a lot. So I was able to move more by then, which was about six months later, let's say. Uh, and then it took me another six months to really heal my skin, you know, to, for that to kind of be where it's at. And for the most part today, I have two random spots, but they're getting better every single day. I mean, but you look I, great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but I literally looked at every aspect of my life. When you felt really tired of the journey, the emotional journey can be just as exhausting as the physical one. Yeah. Was there a certain thought or mantra or just something that you reflected on that gave you strength to keep going? Is there something that you would tell yourself? Yeah, I actually uh, shared this with Sean Stevenson um, on his, we were on his podcast and I were on his podcast. I don't know if you know Sean. You know Sean. I do, Stevenson. yeah. Yeah, right. We were two days, three days before he passed away. Wow. And I heard this from someone, I don't know who it was, but it was, this is happening for me. This isn't happening to me. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept saying that repeat. I don't know where that comes from, but that's, I shared that on his podcast and his wife, Mindy said that was the last thing he said when he died. Oh, wow. So he, he fell for, and then he, you know, he broke. And so I was like, that is something that I will probably never forget that like, no matter what is I'm going through, this is happening for me. This is not happening to me. Because a lot of times I could have played the victim card to be like, oh, whoa, me and, you know, this. And it's like, what is the purpose of 
what I'm experiencing now. And now this body stuff, like having body awareness, this shit happens all the time to me now. And I don't, it, it really makes me uncomfortable now. This, this like experiencing, I'm working Your with Your feelings? Yeah, like, <laughs> it does. Like, cause I used to watch, so Kate is the, is one person who it's, I guess it's because it's so in my face all the time, like with her, mm-hmm. with her being here with my wife, like watching this and then even our kids, right? They're, their body, when they're sick, they get a cold, they just like shut down, right? And they just lay on the couch for three days and sleep or two days, right? And they just shut down. And, and it's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And like a lot of, you know, I hear parents talk about it and I myself, we just blow it off to be like, oh, but like if we did that to ourselves as adults, how much faster, like from a healing perspective, but like I would, I went to this business retreat recently as at the end of January, 2020. And I hired this business coach and we, when I went out there to work with her and the entire flight out there, I had a headache. I felt like shit. I couldn't, I, I like thought I was going to throw up the entire time I was on the plane. Cause I knew I was going to do something that was going to take me to a level that I've not really ever imagined going mm-hmm. through this tra- to working with this person and going on this journey. And when I was there, I showed up for the day I crushed it. Um, you know, I was there fully present the whole day. I was able to roll the whole time we were there. And then the next day after, the rest of the time I was in LA, I felt like I was floating. I did not feel like I was even in my body the entire experience while I was there besides in that business co- coaching session all day. And so I'm starting, this is starting to happen to me more frequently. And I don't know what to do with it. It makes it very, <laughs> you know, I just feel very uncomfortable to be like, okay, my body is saying, like, it's just weird. Your like, body you... is almost allowing you to know what's going on before your mind yes. is able to pick up on it. Yeah. And it's, but see, this is the thing. It's, yes, it happens more often when we become aware of it, but then I don't feel like we get that same major crazy event like you did right. earlier. It's like, it's being able to have little events like this means that we don't have a total knockout when- right you know, we're ignoring these feelings. Cause I'd have the knockout to wake me up in a way. Yeah. Right. That was like the big, cause that was like, I call it part one of kind of my awareness journey. And I'm really in part two right now, but I'm, I'm physically, you know, I can do things. I'm not like stuck in a chair. I'm op- I'm like living my life. Right. But it's happening on, on a little bit more of an emotional level and like this feeling piece, as you could say, but even that mantra is still, it's like, this is happening for me. This is not happening to me. And yeah, yeah so it's this. And, and I want to almost just spend more time on that because I as well have this like really strong belief. And I didn't even realize how strong this belief was until I was going through um, trying to get pregnant and then having two miscarriages. The, the second one being three medical procedures afterwards, like a lot of complications. And I really relied on my faith and I didn't know how strong my faith was until it was tested in the sense. Um, I do know that by the time I was 16 and I started to read books and go on this journey of, of looking within, I saw everywhere saying that, you know, things are happening for you, not to you, that there is a greater good that, like I said, at the, at the beginning, sometimes we have moments that stop us in our track, not because we deserve bad things, but because it's giving us the opportunity to change directions. As a kid being raised, I had this belief that anytime something bad happened to me, I was being punished. So it was Mm -hmm. because I wasn't 
and I don't know if it was, you know, the religious religion I was brought up in, but it was this belief that, okay, if something bad happened to me, then it's because I didn't behave well enough. And so I have to be like a really good girl and I just have to take it. And the more that I suffer, the better person I am. And it wasn't until later that I saw how much that was impacting me and how much excess suffering that was causing. And it was a big shift for me to realize this idea that what if the things that are happening to me that feel horrible in the moment are, are the, the redirection that I need and they, they are the opportunities in every single podcast episode, I end with the same question, which I'll ask you later, but it's you share something that was really horrible at the time, but ended up becoming a great blessing. And the reason that question is so important to me is because I need those stories when I'm in those moments, when something bad is happening and I don't know why. It's like you have to have some kind of faith and you have to surround yourself with these stories to stay in the moment and not let yourself make disempowering decisions, but make it, make the suffering mean something empowering. Mm. That's right. Well, and I, and you know, I have a friend who went through a loss and she doesn't have this, this belief and you really, it really made me reflect on how much people suffer. And honestly, Mike, at the end of the day, if I die and God is like, you were wrong, <laughs> like that belief isn't true. It doesn't matter. It completely mm -hmm. served me and it benefited my life and it helped others. Right. So, you know, as you continue, yeah. go, go ahead. There is, I, I agree with, you know, of course there is system, there's oppression that exists, right? So we have to call that out mm -hmm. in this suffering piece as well. So, you know, yes, if, it's we're just, definitely if we're just talking yeah. about, um, you know, if we're just talking about our own personal experience, right? Because even in, so a hundred percent where it's like, we, there's a way to make things feel better than what they are a lot of the times. And of course we can play the like, woe is me card a little bit. And which I think is healthy. I think it keeps us in check, but then we also can either stay in that plea, which is kind of what your first couple of questions were at the beginning here. It's like, you can either stay in that or we can move on beyond it. And I think there's a, there's also a, negative side that I've experienced with being um, so aware mm -hmm. of my, where we can just brush those off too. Like the more we come into these books and the self-help practices and all that stuff, like the more they become part of normal for us, sometimes we don't go deep with what those feelings are when we should spend a little bit of time feeling uncomfortable you know, where right. Instead of just jumping to, oh, yes. this, this is, yes, a hundred percent. I mean, right. I think that it's like, oh, it's the, my, my favorite class, the classic one I love is the Mercury is in retrograde, <laughs> right? Like anytime Mercury in retrograde, everybody's like, oh, we were on our team call yesterday and everybody's like, Mercury in retrograde, this is the final day, the whole thing, the whole shebang. And I go, yeah, tomorrow it's, it's, we blame it on ourselves, you know, it's like, <laughs> or tomorrow we have to actually deal with ourselves. Right. And so it's the place where I, I always joke around and be like, yeah, this is probably legit. Mercury's in retrograde. Crazy things happen, like the whole thing. But there's also like, we have to take responsibility for our actions as well. And we can't just blame everything on Mercury. Cause right. So I would, that's my favorite, like the woo woo land. I call it the woo woo land. Um, 
I, I have a, I love it. I also like, it's, it's taught me a lot, you know, the circles that we've been running around, but also the healthy sense of sarcasm to it all as well, yes. because it is the, it's, it's being, it's realizing like, this is not, cause there's a lot of people in the woo land who are not good people. Right. And we've seen that as well. So it's, uh, yeah, but I, I feel like you, you just go through, you're navigating these waters of, always coming back to be like, okay, I can make these changes. How am I going to make these changes? Like, what's my mindset? How do I change my mindset? Where do I feel in this situation? Right. How do you, so I I mentioned before that as a child, I felt like anytime I suffered, I deserved it. Like it was like, yes. um, And so here you are suffering. Did you ever have that thought? Like, Mm -hmm. cause what's the, what's the shift between blame and responsibility. And it's very hard when you have a health thing. It's also hard to have this conversation. I don't want anyone to think that if they have cancer, they brought it among themselves. You know, like it, it's such a tricky balance because that there's no place for that shame. There's no value in that shame. Um, right. So it's a very yeah. tricky, it's a very tricky conversation taking personal responsibility, but then not feeling like you deserve the suffering. How did you navigate that conversation in your own mind? Well, a lot of these things, I mean, because I grew up in a like in a Catholic religious household. My parents are still practicing. They still go to church and all that stuff. And I don't go to church anymore. Um, I So there's also internal, I think no matter how we are brought up, we have some sort of sh- like guilt or there could be the shame. Like you think about like the Catholic religion in itself in, in a way that I understood it was like almost everything you're doing is a sin or it's wrong right? And the things that people considered quote unquote fun were the sins and you have to go to church and ask for forgiveness. So I'm like, okay, so that means everything I'm doing is like a sin or is incorrect. So where I looked at, like, I don't, that was never really a a piece for me, I would say where I, cause I like, I don't know if I ever blame myself. Right. And this is also, so you took responsibility. You felt like did, yes, I took responsibility when it became to make the changes, right? So there's always yeah. been, when I was laid off from my corporate job, I had a small panic and freaked out. And then I was like, okay, I have to do something about this. So when I started my business, I had to make those shifts and make those changes to do something. Um, that was when we had kids and I became a father, it was like my responsibility to show up, right? In our marriage I had to, you know, I was responsible to show up in my, as my partner to be there. Now there is, so so, there's elements from society that were ingrained in in myself about the way to show up. And a big thing, like marriage is a perfect example. Like becoming a parent is a great example. And this will kind of define, I think this is a good example to, to talk about what you're sharing here or what your question was. Like when Kate and I were married, her parents had ran completely different. They ran different lives than my parents, right? I came into our marriage as where my mom was the stay-at-home mom for the, for the most part, took care of three kids. She went back to work later. My dad traveled and provided for the family, right? So, which was great. But my dynamic that was programmed in my brain, that was, oh, the mothers know what they're doing. You know, it's like, for Kate, for my example, like in my life, like Kate's just got this mother thing handled, handled, 
Like I don't have to worry about much because whatever the baby needs, Kate's going to know what it is because that's what I saw, right? Mm-hmm. So I could blame her like if the baby's crying or she doesn't know what the heck's going on to be like, it's like I'm not going to blame my, right? I'm not going to blame her. But for me, we had had a lot of conversations around this to say we how you were brought up and how I was brought up is not how we're raising our children because we're both home, right? We're both here with our kids. So it's a much different dynamic where it's like, oh, I can change this mentality that I have. Or I can just say, no, the woman and the mother in our relationship knows what they're doing and I don't have to do anything with it. You know, it's like, I'm just going to stay out of this because Kate's got it all handled. But Kate's dynamic is not the same as my upbringing because both of her parents were doctors and they both worked and they had nannies that were in the house that took care of the kids. The whole dynamic was different there, right? Where they were on call and they had to go to work and then they were home. So for us, we had to get to a place when for myself, I would say I had to take responsibility to say, okay, how do I want to be as a dad? And then also to be like, oh, wait, my wife doesn't know everything when it comes to raising children. Like I thought in my head, my programming was that the mother knows everything, right? Right. Which isn't the case. So for me, now, now I don't mean that. Don't take this the wrong way for the listeners that might, I don't mean any offense whatsoever in any of this. So it, but for me, it was like, oh, I have to, how do we want to raise our kids together? And not, I'm not blaming myself for being a bad dad or being a bad man or being a bad person. And even on my healing journey, I'm not blaming myself for, I'm recognizing the mistakes that I've made up to this point. In my life, I've made a ton of mistakes, right? Especially with my health and my journey and what I've been on. But like, I'm not gonna, I'm not really beating myself up about those decisions. Because there's a, do you feel it's because there's a certain level of understanding of the whole scenario? Yes. Right. And I feel like understanding creates more self-compassion. You know, when we start looking at a negative pattern that we have, I see it all the time with tapping. Someone is tapping on a frustration that they have, something that really triggers them. And as they're tapping, all of a sudden they go, this really reminds me of the dynamic I have with my dad. And this is why every time I get a boss, I always butt heads with them because it's the same dynamic. And all of a sudden when they create that connection, they're like, oh, okay. Like this is why I am the way that I am. And this is why I feel like I'm always hitting this wall. Now with this understanding, I can take a step back and actually begin to see the situation for what it is and not with these lenses that are just a filter from the, from my past. Right. Yeah. That's been a big, um, that's been a big thing. It's just, is figuring out how, why we do the things that we do. You know, yes. and a lot of it comes from programming, whether it's from our parents, whether it's from TV, whether it's from society, whether it's from magazines or books we read or movie, you know, and all that stuff. And so that's been a big learning process. I've never been afraid of getting answers to my issues in that way. So Kate, when we first started dating, we were in the car driving across the country. Our first date was a road trip for 34,000 miles, 41 states for 10 months around the United States. And she asked me one day, she was like, well, you know, if we're going to be together, are you open to doing therapy? And I'm from Indiana, (laughs) the Midwest. We bury our problems. We don't talk about them, right? Very New England-esque, I would say up here. But New England, we got therapists up here. So it's the, so I was, 
I was like, I, I guess so. I mean, I've never really thought about it, but I don't see why not. Like if I'm going to hire but you're, somebody. You're cute and we're in a car on a road trip. Yeah. So I'll say whatever. <laughs> sure. But I just said to her, I yeah. said, well, if I'm, if I don't know how to run Facebook ads, I'm going to hire a Facebook marketing expert to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm struggling with something in my life, why don't I hire a therapist who's trained in this to do that? And she was like, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I'm like, great. All right. Yeah. Seems like it should work. And then since we saw, we started seeing a therapist together because we kept having these roundabout circle. Like we kept arguing about the same stuff. It was ridiculous. Like it was about stuffed peppers, but it wasn't about the stuffed peppers. Yes. <laughs> we have this funny dynamic that we have this one argument about stuffed peppers, but it had nothing to do with stuffed peppers. But it's like, that's the surface of what, what triggers these things. And then we started, so I started just going on this path of really learning what's triggering me during these times. And even with my skin journey in 2018, 2019, was like, what is happening with this dynamic and why do I keep acting this way? And then it takes, now it's one thing to recognize it. And once we recognize it, once we're aware of it, it's really hard to, well, let me, I guess we have two choices, right? Once you're aware of something, you can either pay attention to it to move forward to change it, or you're going to bury it. And that's where like, this depression and sickness and we know we should be doing something different and we're not doing it and we're just burying this awareness that we had and i just chose not to do that it's to go the other direction yeah and you know the truth is it's all uncomfortable burying it as uncomfortable and being truthful is uncomfortable but being truthful is uncomfortable for way less time even though there's so much uncertainty we don't know when we get to the other side it's so much easier in the long run, but yeah, in the moment that they, they don't, neither of them seem like great choices. It's correct. Like the fork in the road never seems like a great choice, right? But right. you got to take one, one of the paths is going to, one of, you just got to go down one of them and yeah. then deal with what's happening there. But I just also like, I guess just running your own company is a, is a whole animal in itself, right? Like every day, something's different. And every day something is moving and flowing and it's whether you choose to get on the wave or not, or you don't. And over the last 11 years, like I've got on those waves a lot. And that's also helps in this transition process, like of life and experiencing that, not saying that everybody listening has to run their own business, but it's like have something, what I've realized is there's, I have the company, but then I'm also have to create something outside of the company and outside of the family that's just for me. Right. And in this process of, of like riding those waves just for myself and what does that look like and asking for what I need. And that's really the, the place of healing I'm on now is like navigating what do I, what does Mike Watts myself actually want? Mm-hmm. And it's not something that comes easy to me, you know, like what do I actually want? And it's to start thinking about what are my needs? What do I want to do? What, what is it that I need help with? What would I like more of? Um, so it's getting clear on what those are for myself. That's like yeah. part two of my journey. It's like sitting with the questions and being okay with not having the answers right away. Sometimes we need space of just having questions in our lives before the answers begin to reveal themselves, before we gain clarity. Yeah. I think the biggest lesson I've learned is to to not feel like I need 
everything right away. I mean, I am honestly just an incredibly impatient person. I put an ice cube in my tea. Like if I can't drink it right away, like I, and, and that is my, I would say my biggest pain point would be being aware of an issue and not be, being able to fix it. And it's not just in my own life. I see someone else in my circle suffering and I want to like jump in and I, I have to fix it. And the biggest lesson in the journey that I'm in is being in that place of not trying to control everything mm-hmm. and not trying to control other people's experiences and not taking on that responsibility and being able to sit within the questions without knowing the answers right away. Because you want to know, I, I started doing something. You want to know what it is? Yeah, tell me. Okay. So I listened to this podcast a long time ago and it was by uh, Raval Ravikant or Kamal Ravikant. I can't remember his name. Um, but he's this angel. And I think he started angelinvestor.com or something. I now I'm all angelist. He's not really, I thought you were going to say he was like an angel. He speaks to no, angels. He's like, it's an angel real investor. Person. Okay. Real, 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 real person. <laughs> he, uh, Naval Ravikant, I think that's his name. And he gave this experiment where you to truly kind of experience what you're, is to let go of this this thing that we always have to fix something or jump on it. It's like, don't, so pure meditation, he, he called it or something along these lines. I'm going to screw, I'm going to screw this whole thing up. But Look basically, at the gist. Yeah. yeah, the point of it is, is to sit by yourself. So don't tap, right? Don't listen to music. If you're going to meditate, you don't count your breaths. You don't listen to music, you know, the calm app. You don't do any of that stuff. You literally put your timer on for 15 minutes, put your phone on airplane mode, put it on the other side of the room and you just either sit or you lay on the ground for 15 minutes with nothing else there. So, and you're just there. Like the only play, the only thing that's there is you. With no, like you don't have No objection whatsoever. You're letting your thoughts come to you and you're doing nothing with them, right? Like you just let your mind think, right? You're just letting whatever happens, happens. And I started... So I went up to Greenville, uh, Maine. I live in Maine now, and I live outside of Portland, but this was like two and a half hours north, and it was by Moosehead Lake, and it's beautiful, and like the internet barely works, and you're just out there, and it's out in the middle of nowhere. And I, the whole way back was about two and a half hours. For about two hours, I had no music on. I was just driving the car, and it, the, I could just feel my, like the addiction to do something else is real. Right. And I'm like grabbing snacks out of the bag. I ate so many <laughs> snacks in the first hour of my trip. And I'm like, I'm not even hungry. Like I just kept eating because I was just looking for something to do. First, I started with like five minutes and I put my timer for five minutes. I just put it there. And this isn't consistent practice, but it's helped me calm this urge of I got to always be doing something. You know, it's like how to just be with myself because there's only one way to be with yourself, and it's to be with yourself. Right, and to eliminate this pain and to increase the patience or what we have or the pool, I just started like doing that. And it's it's really freaking hard, especially like because now we like we go to the bathroom just with our phones and we're like looking at Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, no matter if we're doing everything. So to turn it all off, I don't need to go do a seven day funny joke is this is a side note. We got the Omega catalog recently, and Kate, well, there was a seven day 
uh, silent retreat. And Kate's like, I'll go lead one of those all day long. You don't have to do anything. People can't talk. <laughs> you know, just imagine like being the leader of a seven day silent retreat. I have no idea what you do there, but I thought that's it was- an introvert's dream. Yeah. So, but it's the, it's the place of just being with our bodies mm-hmm. and having nothing. Don't bring a pad of paper. Don't write your thoughts down. Like you're literally just you and that's it. And you're there with your thoughts. And if we can't even be with ourselves, what he was saying, it's like, if we can't be with ourselves, how are we going to show up in the world for anybody else? You know, in in that way. And I was like, oh, it's such a great, and I heard this like a year and a half ago, probably. And like, I've been in it and out of it, but I've never lost that. And it's something that's very intriguing to me over the time. So I start to, when I would work a lot, I would listen to music. And lately I've just turned music off and just like, okay, what it's like just to work and just to be here and let's get the download. And I feel like the less distraction that I have going on in my life is the more that inner voice or the God's voice, or I know there's a lot of names for it, but it's just like that inner voice we have inside of ourselves will continually talk to it. It allows for transmission to take place. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when that person will kind of guide us on the right direction or give us those signals to, to see like where we need to go and navigate. But if, if I'm constantly distracted by all the stuff, there's no way that that voice or that, or I'm going to show up for myself, let's say, you know, yeah. so that's kind of, that's the, that's what I've been doing. And it, it seems to be, I don't know. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Talk to me in a year. Well, I, uh, I did a presentation at the end of last week and I know we're running over. I hope you're, you're okay yeah, that's fine. with time that I did a presentation last week with a, a corporation that they're implementing tapping. Uh, it's a, a, it's 150 employees. I was speaking to their managers and one of them was saying how, you know, tapping was, was great and they're starting to meditate more. And she was like, well, but I'm still not productive. Even at home, I'm not productive hundred percent of the time. And I was like, what bar are we setting for ourselves that our success is based on being productive hundred percent of the time? I was like, I don't want to help you get productive hundred percent of the time because I don't think it's healthy. Are you giving yourself time to rest, to get ideas? I mean, there's a reason we get ide- great ideas in the shower or when we're on a walk. Like we need times when we're just relaxing to get those great ideas. So my invitation to those who are listening, and I'm going to do this myself, is throughout this week, can you give yourself times to do nothing mm-hmm. and to be with your thought and just to see what happens? Well, Mike, this has been a real pleasure to speak with you. If people want to stay connected to you and the great work you do, I know you have an amazing podcast. Just tell us how we can stay in touch with you. Great. I'm changing everything right now. So, you know, I'm in this, the floundering stage. Uh, But yeah, we have the podcast called The Kate and Mike Show. So we are in the process of changing the title and the subheadline, but it's called the, I forget what the new one is, but it's like the unconventional approach to business and life. Because a lot of things that Kate and I talk about is not the normal stream of what you hear. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. That's where we put a lot of energy right now. But I work with my wife over at katenorthrop.com. And that's where you can find her. And I'm on Instagram at Mike J. Watts. And uh, that's what's happening at this moment. Awesome. And I always ask people, you know, that question I shared, which is what's something in your life that at the time was horrible ended up becoming a big blessing. I'm not going to ask you because I feel like we spent the last... 45 minutes talking about this, you know, that your journey and a reminder, but, or, or do you, you look, okay. You look like you're thinking, is there something else that you want to, I was just thinking about something else. Okay. Ask me the question one more time. What is something that in the moment seemed horrible and ended up becoming a great blessing? 
watching um, my skin for sure. But when my wife was in labor with our second kid, or with uh, Penelope, both labors were their own story. But in the moment of when we had a home birth plan for the first child, and then Penelope was coming out backwards with her butt and a foot out at the same time. So it's called a, a foot breach, footling breach, I think. And just watching the part of the ambulance coming, picking her up, moving her to the hospital, going to the hospital, her going to get strapped in for a C-section and me not, you know, and then seeing, then the next thing I see is like her on the table. We went from this like blissful experience at home to being in a hospital operating room. It was like, I, I like, it took me, it was one of the most outer body things I've experienced in my life to watch, to be like, okay. Cause then my kid was being born and I saw this baby but I like didn't even care that the baby was there because it was just like my wife was on this operating table. Like, is she even going to live? You know, like, mm-hmm. is this? It wasn't happening? like that happy, joyous moment that you had expected. Yeah, like it wasn't. It was so much fear. Uh, it was just, it was a lot of fear built up where uh, it was like, whoa. You know, so that I would say that's the second one that comes to mind with the first one. It was definitely. Well, so how was that a blessing? Well, because everybody was happy, you know, everybody was at the end of it was like, we have this kid, I became a dad. And then the plate, like Kate got better, you know, and then we had our whole, that was like the start of the parenting journey. And the really the start of the parenting journey is what, when it really tapping into me becoming a father and going down this has changed everything for me. Yeah. And not just of the responsibility, but I watched these children a lot and not just our kids, but even our neighbors. And like, I like to hang out with babies and kids and I don't do the whole thing like, oh, they're two and wait till they're three. I, it drives me bonkers. Don't ever come up to me and be like, wait till you have a teenager. I will. I'm like, <laughs> your experience is not my experience, right? Like yeah. it drives me insane. So it's just the fact that I can watch these little humans grow and how much they can teach me. Oh, yes. And it was my a, gosh. There was a thing. I watched this dad, this guy one time, and it was the, it's the biggest lesson I, the biggest piece of advice I was ever given about parenting. Um, and I, I don't really need anything else the rest of my life. Like this has been it for, from, an, from an overall structure standpoint where he had four kids and he had a great relationship with all of his kids and he was telling me about the trips he's taking with them and all this stuff. And I was like, what was, what's your advice to a new father, you know, here? And he said, I never, ever thought that I was teaching my kids anything. I always thought they were teaching me everything. And I was like, oh, so you're learning from your kids. And he's like, yep. He goes, they're teaching me all the stuff I need to learn. And I was like, great. And that, since then I've had that in my head. And it's, that's why I feel like I have a great relationship with my, I'm not here to like teach my girls like they're here to teach me everything, but it was like this hard experience coming into fatherhood and it really changed the trajectory because it led into my skin. You know, this was before the skin happened and uh, yeah, it just the constant lessons of. Oh, I res- I just resonate places. with that so much right now. Like how much just being Enzo's mom make me reflect on my own life and like seeing this personality unfold and realizing I'm not creating this personality. Like he's not mine. He came with his own agenda and his own personality and his own free spirit. And uh, ah, yeah, 
I resonate with what you're saying so deeply. Well, yeah. Mike, you're, thank he's you. not yours, but he, uh, you are his. <laughs> yes. Oh, and he makes it very clear. <laughs> they, they own us. <laughs> <laughs> he makes that very clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like the manipulate. It's real. It's legit. Like it's so funny. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I I love it. I love it so much. Well, and Mike, I've loved this conversation again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really honored to be here, Jessica Ortner. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> 